You're listening to Make Your Way, and this is another between episode. Welcome to Make Your Way, where we explore what it means to work and create on your own terms. Along with every episode, we post show notes with links to resources mentioned in the episode and a full transcript. You can find these materials at katielinder.work slash podcasts. Hey, Katie. Hey, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. I'm excited to be recording this between us out with you. I know. It's it's a good time for uh, to give listeners a little bit of peek behind the curtain. Uh, Katie and I have been talking for like the last hour and a half about various things in our lives. And so we're excited to talk about some of the things that have come up during that conversation about knowing yourself and about active recovery, a little bit about self-care. Uh, this is something we've both been thinking about and talking about a lot um, lately, kind of in our own lives. And we wanted to share a little bit with you about what it's like to try to do all the things and then also recognize when you need to not be doing all the things and take a little time for yourself. So um, Katie, I'm curious, uh, what kinds of things are you wrestling with in, in sort of the self-care arena slash recovering from doing lots of things? You've been doing a lot of travel lately and those kinds of things. I'm curious, what what comes to mind when you kind of wrestle with that idea of self-care and, and uh, recuperating? So I think actually one of the challenges I'm having, which I don't know if our listeners can relate to this, but I'm kind of over the term self-care right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I am also a little because over it. I mean it yeah it just feels like oh go get a massage or I mean it feels like fluffy it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like rooted like take care of yourself mm-hmm. you know like and maybe for some people it does but for me right now like what I'm seeing about self-care it's just not kind of hitting me in the right way mm-hmm. and I, I read something a while back which was actually really helpful which was you know self-care is not the same thing as wellness or health so yeah. like drinking lots of water is not self-care it's like no you should be doing that for your health and so I feel like there's kind of this baseline of health care of mm-hmm. what you should be doing like getting sleep and eating well and you know moving around and and getting water and self-care is kind of like above and beyond that But I also feel like there's this other category, which you and I have kind of labeled as active recovery, Mm. which I have been focusing on way more, especially as an introvert, that when I am out traveling, being on, I have to actively recover from that. Mm -hmm. And it's not (laughs) self-care necessarily. Yeah, it's like survival. Um, and <laughs> that that feels different to me than self-care. So, I mean, self-care to me is like you're actually at a really good place. And so you go get a manicure or you go get a massage or something like that. And, and you know, or you celebrate your birthday or whatever. Like, I don't know exactly, you know, how I want to define it. But I feel like active recovery is actually you're feeling very depleted. And so you're not even a place where you can feel like you need self-care. You're trying to get back to, you know, like a half full cup Mm -hmm. of energy so that you can go about doing what you need to do. And I get really depleted when I travel. And as you mentioned, I've I've just I'm actually still in the middle of a, a pretty heavy travel period as we record this. I have one more trip to go, but it's involving very quick trips to the East Coast and back. Um, It's involving traveling from one city to another city and being in different time zones and presenting on pretty different topics. So I just have to be very aware of like, do I have everything I need before I leave? I have to prep things in advance. I have to be talking to the hosts. I have to make sure I have the clothing I need. I mean, like just, you know, all kinds of things. And I'm trying to do it all carry on, of course, because I mean, why wouldn't you? So (laughs) it just adds this like extra layer of logistics. Mm So by the time it's done, and even in the middle of it, I'm actively trying to like take naps, read novels on planes, come back, decompress. 
And because I'm often giving up weekends for this travel, it also means kind of planning a lot in advance to make sure that the business is going to run, the podcasts are going to go out, the blogs are going to happen, and that I don't have to worry about that when I'm traveling. So there's just a lot of advanced planning, but then also on the other side of it, the active recovery to make sure that I'm not making myself unwell mm -hmm. through all of this travel and the stress that comes along with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the things um, we were kind of batting around in, in preparing for this conversation was talking a little bit about the output cost, that there is a cost to... Um, to the output that you that you churn out when you're doing a lot of active things and whether that's traveling or presenting or you've just got a really heavy workload right now or there's lots of family stressors or other things that are happening um that there is a cost to that and that there is you know building in that recovery and understanding that that's coming is actually a really important part of the process um at least that you and i have found <laughs> in the work that we've been doing um, I've had situations like that, too, where it's like, I know I can push through this situation, but I know that on the other end, it I, I need to make time and like several days of time where I'm not expecting a lot for myself, where I am, you know, either taking care of some piddly things around the house or watching a bunch of TV. I mean, like <laughs> those kinds of things are important and necessary sometimes to recover from the, those days where you are putting out all of your energy. Um, Katie, I'm also an introvert. And so this is, yeah, what you're saying makes a lot of sense to me, because <laughs> I also have that same struggle. Well, and I've just realized too, and I mean, it's going to sound like really simple. People are gonna be like, well, duh. Um, <laughs> but even just like being in airports, and especially oh, certain God. airports where you're around people, you're not necessarily interacting. I mean, I guess you are, but you're, there's just crowds. Like, and yeah. And if you're doing certain kinds of speaking events, there's also crowds, like you're speaking to a crowd, mm -hmm. you're in a crowd and people are talking to you and there's lots of strangers and I, there's lots of small talk. And I mean, everybody knows this is like death to introverts to like do all of this. <laughs> but yeah, I've just even found like, as someone who spends quite a bit of time in solitude and who's who's actively tried to carve out that time, I especially after those periods, I have to come home and just be like, I don't want to be around anyone. Like, I just want to, mm -hmm. I need to be alone. It needs to be quiet. I need to be able to like do my own thing. And that to me is like the active recovery. Like that's filling the mm -hmm. cup back up. That's like giving myself the energy, but it's like, I need more of it than normal because I'm already doing a lot of that every week. I mean, like every yeah. weekend I'm basically in solitude because that's what I need to survive a full work week of like being around a lot of people. <laughs> And yep. I, it's nothing about the people I'm around. It's just like, this is how I function. Like it, as an mm -hmm. introvert, it's very difficult to be on all week long. And then I want to spend the weekend by myself and with my partner, obviously. But I think that when I'm traveling, it's like amplified mm -hmm. so that I come back and I don't always get time off. And especially if I'm traveling over a weekend, then it becomes like way more of a need um, to like have this active recovery. So let's talk about like what we're doing for this because mm -hmm. um like even this past week i took a day off work which was so needed and i could just feel it i was like okay i'm i'm getting close to that line of where i'm really you know not going to be in a good place um and i'm just going to be feeling overloaded and overwhelmed and i need to just take a day and know that i have that day to get done mm -hmm. what i want to get done or to just read a novel or take a nap or whatever it is i want to do and that was really important just to like put that into my schedule and to give myself a little bit of breathing room. Um, but what are the kinds of things that you're doing, Sarah, that you find useful for this? Yeah, I think um, 
for me, the the challenge, of course, when you're full time self employed, is is pushing against that pressure that you have to be working all the time. Um, so, I've gotten actually pretty militant about protecting my personal time. Um, and uh, you know whether that means you know, Katie, you and I record on Saturdays a lot of the time, and so if I am recording on a Saturday morning, I'm making sure that I'm recouping those hours somewhere else during the week, right? That I'm taking part of an afternoon off or that I'm, you know, focusing on something else for a few hours that's not work related. Um, so I, I'm pretty protective of that time. Um, you know, I think there's this perception out there that for for self-employed folks that you're working you know, 60 plus hours a week. And sure, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are, and they are probably, quote unquote, more successful than I am. But I've also learned that I don't function well if I am working that long and that hard. Um, And so I really shoot for somewhere around 30 to 35 hours of work a week. Honestly, I, I try not to go much past that. And there are you know, costs to that, the main being that I don't have as much business going right now as maybe I would like to. But at the same time, if it means that I can be healthy and, you know, be a real person in the world, then I'm completely willing to to make that cost. And I realize I'm also speaking from a position of privilege here that I have a partner who is, you know, making enough that I can I can afford to do that. Um, And so obviously that that factors into the equation as well. But I also just know that I know myself well enough to know that I don't work well if I work for longer than that. And I don't work well if I'm not also taking care of myself. Um, Katie, I really like what you focus on with with respect to wellness. Um, And, you know, I I think a lot about wellness as well. So for me, that's things like going for runs and doing a lot of exercise. It's, you know, going out and having a good time with my friends, going and seeing the latest Avengers movie, or, you know, going out and trying a new brewery. Um, Sometimes it's reading a book for much of a Saturday. Sometimes it's sitting on the couch and watching, you know, some new TV show that's just dropped on Netflix uh, with my partner. Like there are a variety of different things that I employ. And I think what's the trickiest part, and I'd be curious about your thoughts on this too, Katie. um, The trickiest part for me is figuring out which thing I need when, Mm. um, because it's not always you know, it's not always a a thing where I need to check the box of doing this many workouts and doing this many meditation sessions and reading this many pages in my book. It's more of a, where am I right now? And what would feed me in a way that I need to be fed? And is it that I need to sit and read and get, get out of my world and out of my head for a while? Or is it that I need to go be out in the world for a while? Um, and sometimes I don't always know which thing I need. Um, and so I'll try a few different things and see which, which one works the best. Um, but I think it, one of the challenges I fall into is is really kind of massaging and knowing, you know, which of these things is going to fit and which of these things is going to be best for me right now. Mm-hmm. No, that's a really good point because I, so I've been feeling um, drawn to doing a lot of novel reading lately. And I think partly it's because I really want solitude, but mm. sometimes I get home at the end of the day and I'm honestly just too tired. Like I I would not be able to focus on what I'm reading. And so I end up just like scrolling Instagram or like playing two dots or whatever. And that's okay. Like it's Mm -hmm. it's more about the rest time. And often I'm actually going to bed really early, especially lately. It's um, I I like to blame it at least partially on the East Coast um, time (laughs) situation that I've had in the past several weeks. Um, But I mean, sometimes I'm going to bed at like eight, eight thirty at night, like Mm -hmm. and and I'm getting up, you know, at five o'clock the next day. So 
I my body is trying to recover like it is physically mm-hmm. trying to recover from the travel and I'm letting it do that and I, so I'm not pushing it to be like oh I should be reading my novel because that would be good you know like it's like right. no if I don't feel like doing it even though it's yeah. something that I know would be quote unquote restful like if I'm tired I'm not going to do it and so mm-hmm. it's actually been really helpful for me to actually take a step back and not think about the like micro actions, but actually to think about like, I am in a period of stress. Mm-hmm. And so when does that period start to wind down? And what do I do during that winding down part to engage the active recovery? Because I can do little things throughout the stressful period, but mm-hmm. I actually need to know when it's going to end so that I can mm-hmm. kind of get my, it's almost like like you you have your adrenaline running throughout the whole thing yeah. and then it's like okay right. I'm done I can like close that down and this is something that I feel like a lot of people don't do that they they mm-hmm. don't kind of acknowledge that they're in a period of time that is like a high rev you know period mm-hmm. for your brain or whatever and I was actually talking with a client a coaching client about this the other day and I was saying you know when we're in a heavy creative period oftentimes we'll start to lose like short-term memory and and other Mm -hmm. kinds of things like that because our brains are just functioning so well. And she was like, oh my God, I've totally had that problem. I thought I had like early onset Alzheimer's. And I was like, no, like this is what, like there are side effects of this kind of work and like costs that you have to put up with. And there are signals, you know, like that your body and your brain are trying to tell you like I'm exhausted or I can't mm-hmm. remember those things because you have me working on a book or like whatever. <laughs> um, and I, I feel like for me, it's actually been really helpful to like look at the quarter or look at the month or whatever and say, you know, for people who listen to to me talk about things in other places, you know that I've had a kitchen remodel going on. My life has been very disrupted and I've been doing all this travel and I have some other stuff going on kind of in my personal life um, with some family members that is causing some some stress. And it's like, okay, I like, when is that period going to roughly be over so that I can like get back to taking care of some of the, the basic things that I've really been setting aside um, So because I just don't have time or I don't have the mental bandwidth or I don't have the physical energy to do those things. And I'm actively choosing to set them aside until I get to this mm-hmm. end point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really great point. And I love the idea of kind of having enough forethought and kind of looking out into the future enough to know, at least have a, an idea of when this might end. Um, I think conversely for, for me, Katie, because I've had an amount of uncertainty uh, in terms of when that period would end, <laughs> slash it continues forever, it seems, Um that I've had to get really good at um, recognizing that these things have to be woven into my everyday life because this period of of more stress is, you know, it, it's certainly less than it was last year um, for me personally, but there are other things coming down the line and I can see them coming and I know they're coming. And so I have to get really good at practicing those things that I know are going to help keep me going in the background. And the often that comes at the cost of, you know, an extra couple of hours on my work project. And I'm okay with that because I know that if I want to be a functional human on the other side of this, <laughs> that I have to weave it in now. And so I think there's there's kind of two calculations here, right? That you're, you're talking a little bit about the, the time limited periods where you know, like, this is going to be an intense period of time. I know that I have to get through this and I have to push through and it's going to it's gonna suck. <laughs> there's going to be some cost. Um, there are things I can do to kind of manage that as much as possible. But then there's rest on the other side or there's a there, I can build in some active recovery. 
And then there's these more long-term periods where it's kind of constant and you, you know that there are going to be ebbs and flows. Um, and that's a, you know, that's a good thing to remember when you're in the worst parts is that this will pass and there will be another period where you don't feel like this. Um, even if it does feel like forever. Uh, but figuring out ways to take care of yourself in the midst of that is a challenge because there are so many different pressures and stressors and things that are piling on in your life. And so I would encourage people, listeners who are in that place where it just feels like it's never ending, take the time to to reflect a little bit on what do I need as a person, as a human in the world, right? What would be useful for me um, right now? And if you don't know, go talk to somebody about it, right? Talk to, you know, a, a trusted friend or parent or colleague or a therapist about what are the things that I can do to kind of take care of myself because I don't see this period of stress ending and I just feel crappy, right? If you're feeling crappy, that's your body and brain trying to tell you something. Um, Katie, you brought up the, the stress issue and some of the hormones related to that. Like it, there, there are biological costs for um, the the experiences that we have in our lives. And I won't put on my nerd glasses and uh, go down the science rabbit hole, but I could about uh, about stress and why it's so important for us to be mindful about it. But um, yeah, I think just figuring out what are those things that fill you and it's different for everybody and that's okay. That's great. It should be a little different for everybody. So figuring out what your particular brand of um, you know, wellness enhancement is, uh, to use a different different term other than self-care. Um, what are those things that you can do in active recovery? And acknowledging that like sometimes life is hard. In fact, a lot of times life is hard. A- adulting is not easy, turns out. <laughs> as, as Katie, I know you and I are, are both learning constantly. Um, so yeah, I just encourage listeners to be, to be thoughtful and explore and try some stuff. I mean, I have tried some new... Um, you know, new activities and things that I never thought I was going to like, like my therapist was like, you should try some meditation. And I was like, I don't know about that. That doesn't seem like it's for me. And then I tried it and I was like, oh, oh, no, no, this is good. I I need this in my life. So (laughs) you never know. Sometimes you can try something, even if you're skeptical, it might, it might turn into something that's really valuable for you. So um, be curious and, and be reflective and kind of try different things. Well, and I love the idea of you pointing out, like, think about what you need, Because Mm -hmm. sometimes what you need, and I'll I'll give a very concrete example of this, and it's going to sound like retail therapy, but I don't like retail therapy, so um, it's (laughs) it's not actually. But, you know, I looked up one day, like this last week, and realized that, like, a lot of my wardrobe staples were, like, not functioning for me. Like, my shoes, I have, like, work shoes that I've had for years that I just have not replaced because I get very stressed out with shoe shopping. I do not enjoy it. And so I was like, okay, I need shoes. I had jeans that needed to be replaced. I ha- I just ended up having all these things that kind of all needed to be replaced at the same time. And it was actually really stressing me out. But like under the surface, it wasn't kind of this like conscious thing that I was aware of. It was just like I never had something that I felt like I could wear when I was going out for something casual and not work or whatever. And I it came kind of to the surface for me when I was packing to travel because I was having a hard time figuring out, well, what am I gonna wear when I'm not presenting, but I'm just like going out to dinner with people and I wanna be wearing like jeans or something and I can't, you know, like, so anyway, I set aside like a day in this past week and I just went jean shopping and I bought some shoes online and had them shipped to my house and I bought a couple other things that I needed. And it was like, 
it was an actual need. Like it, it wasn't kind of just going out to spend money to spend money, which is I think what some people do with retail therapy. And honestly, if that works for you, great, like go for it. But I actually find shopping really stressful and I don't enjoy it. And so, but it, I was to the point where I was like not having what I needed. And so for me asking that question, it wasn't about needing more water. It wasn't about needing to take a walk. It was like, I literally needed to buy things that would help me to mm-hmm. feel less stressed out. Right. And, you know, even recently my partner and I have bought blackout curtains for our bedroom because it's like the light has shifted and now it's like hard for us to sleep in in the morning. And it's like, we need blackout curtains like sometimes it's actually a physical thing that you need to buy and bring into your life whether it's like a food item or a clothing item or something that would just make things more convenient and yes I'm in a privileged place where I can actually go out and buy you know the things that I need but I think sometimes we forget about that part we we hear about Mm -hmm. self-care as being like you know meditation or something like that when really it could actually be a physical thing that you need to buy that you don't, mm-hmm. you know, it's bothering you that it's not mm-hmm. part of your life and that you need mm-hmm. to just not be stressed out about it and like go buy it. But when you're in a depleted state, you're not in a good place where you're, it's overwhelming. It's like, it's yeah. one more thing that you have to do. And so part of the act of recovery is getting yourself back to a place where you can actually function to go buy the things you need to buy, to like acknowledge that there's something that you need that you were missing. Like, I think that sometimes we can't even acknowledge it because we're so, you know, worried about the next thing that's on our to-do list that we're actually struggling to like figure out what it is that we need. Yeah, that's a that's a really great point and I'm betting most of our listeners have been there at some point or another where you just you're to the point where you're not even sure what to do anymore because it just everything feels paralyzing. Um and that that's a point I wanted to make too is that sometimes you might do everything right, right? You might do all of the self-care and all the wellness stuff. And, you know, you you may be quote unquote balanced, although we need to talk about how I have a beef with that word. Um, we're just but, ripping you know, apart have... everything today. Self-care, balance. Or just, yeah, like, no, it's cool. We're not having any of that. <laughs> no. Um, but acknowledging that like you can do everything right and you can throw all of the self-care at, at a problem and at your situation and things still might fall apart, right? Like, it's still going to be hard. It might feel like you're making no dent in anything. I have been there. It is awful because you feel like I'm working so hard at just trying to maintain a basic level of existence as a human in the world. And there's the heaping pile of guilt about all the stuff that you're not doing that you should, quote unquote should be. And all of that, uh, you know, all of that kind of contextual stuff and looking at social media and, you know, seeing all the other things people are doing and all that. It just, it ends up, where you get to this place where everything has kind of fallen in around your ears a little bit. And from my experience, the only way to dig out of that is to continue to focus on you and on that inner voice that is telling you, here's what I need right now. That like, as a human, I need sleep. As a human, I need to eat a good meal. I need friends. I need, you know, what are those needs? And focusing on those first, because um, focusing on the things that you should be doing um, is is not a good way to dig out of that hole. Right, right. Well, so the other thing that's been really helpful for me is delegating. Yep, yep. <laughs> In these Agreed. periods when it's like so much, and especially stuff that I feel like is really stressing me out, and it's stuff that's stressing me out that shouldn't be, but it's like mm-hmm. you're at your capacity and you're like, I just can't yep. do one more thing. So one very small example is I have a lot of paperwork that I'm doing right now for upcoming speaking engagements and also things that I've just finished because I'm in this travel period. So people need receipts and they need W-9s and, you know, all these kinds of things. And one school um, 
bless them wants me to fax them things and i don't have a fax <laughs> machine and you know who does i if you have Nin- one 1990 1998 called they want their right technology i back. <laughs> i mean i and I, I get it it's for security reasons and for that i'm very thankful they don't want me to send something over email that could get hacked like i mean it's it's sure. a good reason and, and i understand that um but it was like this is one more thing that I, I, I'm going to have to go out and find a fax machine and, and whatever. And so I handed it off to my partner and I was like, I need you to go find a fax machine. Here's the information. Here's the three pages. Here's the cover page. Like it's all prepped, but mm-hmm. go find a fax machine. And while you're out, do you mind checking our PO box? And do you mind, you know, <laughs> doing these other things? And it was like, I just needed some things off my plate. And I think that, you know, it's little stuff. This is not stuff mm-hmm. that should like send you into a spiral of stress. But mm-hmm. when you're trying to handle all these other things, sometimes it's the actual little details that send you over the edge where you're just like, Agreed. I can't, I'm trying to do vision work. I'm trying to do, you know, all this other stuff that's bigger. Trying to do the detail stuff at the same time is really hard. And we also just went through our tax, you know, figuring out all of our taxes. So that, that was a pretty detail work of just like making sure our accountant had everything that they need to, to move things forward. And so I think that, you know, that is something else. Like if you have a person or a family member or even a friend, like, or you just want to outsource something, you know, like have someone Mm -hmm. prep your meals for a week, like whatever it is, look at your list and kind of run through and see, are there things that I can hand off to other people? Because Mm -hmm. I think that especially when you're in that depleted space, it's one of the best things you can do is just like get Mm -hmm. things off your plate. But the other piece of that that's really important is it has to be with someone you trust. Because Mm, otherwise, it's just going to stay in the back of your mind, and you're going to be worried about it and, you know, not sure if it's getting done the right way. So to be able to hand things off to my partner, who I know is going to do it well, and I can literally take it off my list, like I know it's going to get done. Um, And and I do this frequently with stuff around our house, where it's like, I can't handle the stuff around our house and all the stuff with the business and all the stuff with my job, like I, I need to just like outsource some of this. And I, especially during busy periods, this is something that I think is really important about the active recovery is being able to let things go and hand it off to mm-hmm. other people. Well, being able to ask for help in the first place, right. like, that's a that's a scary thing. And when you're in that place of overwhelm and feeling like everything is just piling on, I, I have this problem where I feel like I have to do it all. That for whatever reason, in that state, it's like, I'm the only one who can fix all of these things. <laughs> well, my, that, that is the lie my brain is telling me. Um, and so remembering that I can and should and need to ask for help in those situations and be honest with people about where I am and what I need, that's often a difficult thing to do in the moment. But when I have always found when I am able to do that, that I'm always grateful for it. Yeah. Right? Always grateful for the outsource and for the help and for... Um, and also for the perspective, sometimes people will say, well, does that absolutely have to happen right the second or can it wait a month or two or whatever? Um, providing that perspective that like, you don't have to do it all right this second, right? You, there's things that need to happen now. Sure. But there are things that you can wait on that, that, that will, that will keep, Yeah, <laughs> they're not going to go away, yeah. but they're, you know, we can make tiny progress steps towards them. Um, but they don't have to be, you know, this isn't the mountain you have to climb today. Um, and so I appreciate that perspective too, because that urgency piece also gets piled on when I feel like I've got too much to do. It's like, well, it all has to get done right now. Like, no, no, actually it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be okay. Yeah. Well, and you can play the long game. I, I think that that's such an important thing. And I think about like some of this paperwork that I had this week, you know, someone said, one of the people actually said, I'm out on vacation this week. So I'm not going to get to this until next week. And I filed that away and I was like, okay, so I'm not doing this until like right. Friday, Saturday, you know, cause they're not going to get it till Monday anyway. Like right. I knew that I had that leeway and I took it. 
And Mm -hmm. so one of the other things that you and I were talking about, Sarah, before we hit record, which I think is really important, and this is part of kind of the knowing yourself, knowing your limits, is I think a lot of people see this as like laziness and procrastination, and they call it Mm -hmm. that to themselves, and it, it kind of makes the guilt spiral even more. And I want to be really clear that when I'm talking about this active recovery and and this kind of focus on wellness, I don't care if I spend a whole day binging Netflix. That is not laziness to me. You know, like that is the reward for the amount of work that I'm doing on a consistent (laughs) basis. That is what is necessary to kind of get me back to a good mental and physical place where I can have I can Mm -hmm. be rested. You know, like it's you know, I think we apologize too much to ourselves for needing this kind of thing. And it's an ego thing. It's a pride thing. You know, like I'm sure that there's some of that wrapped up into it as well. But one of the things that I have really worked on kind of personally for myself is that if I need to take a day off, I need to take a day off. And I don't Mm -hmm. have to apologize for that. I just rearrange everything so that it's possible because I know what I need. And, And that's okay. Like our bodies are limited. And our, mm-hmm. our minds are limited. Our emotions are limited in terms of what we can do. And so I'm curious, Sarah, if you have insights or ideas on, and maybe personal examples of like, what are your signals that you need the day or you need the time? Like, what are the signs that you're kind of keeping an eye out for that's like that red flag that's like waving, like, please give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> help, help, help. Right. It's like, the, it's like the signal of like, okay, I need some time. Because I certainly have yeah. those things and I, I, start, I can recognize them now and I can, mm-hmm. you know, really pay attention to them. And again, mm-hmm. it's not laziness. It's not procrastination. It, it's like, a, it's a need um, to make yeah. sure that we're kind of fully functioning. What are those things for you? That's a great question. I, as I'm reflecting on that, I think there are a couple of particular things. And for me, there's sort of the, um, the, the mental red flags, and then there's the physical red flags. And it's interesting because as I'm thinking about it, the things that I use to address those are different. <laughs> sometimes they're the same, but sometimes they're very different. So for mental red flags for me, if I get kind of stuck in a, obsessive thought spiral, right? And I, and I can feel it kind of tightening and like, this is the only thing I can focus on. And oh my gosh, you know, this, this one problem or this one thing, and whether it's a personal issue that I'm having or whether it's a work thing or whatever it is, if that's the only thing I can focus on for an extended period of time, that's a red flag to me that like, oh, I need to get up and not do this anymore, right? I need to find a way to get this out of my head. And whether that's this is one I think that goes either way that I could like go out and go for a run and listen to a podcast and like pull myself out that way. Or whether it's I need to sit down and write about this and get it out of my head and just have it out on paper so that I know it is there if I need to reference it again. Um, but that it's not spinning, you know, I'm not spinning my wheels on it. That's a, a mental one for sure. The physical ones, um, it, for me, it, it's often shoulders. So I can kind of feel my shoulders tensing and my breathing gets more shallow. Um, those are big ones. Also, if I've been sitting too long, <laughs> then I can kind of feel it in kind of my hips and my legs. Um, and so those are reminders for me. And, and too long, both in terms of uh, if I'm sitting too long, 
for short periods of time, you know, whether it's like I'm sitting and working for a three hour stretch and then I need to get up and move, or it's too many days in a row of being at the desk and not doing a lot of the other kinds of things moving around. Um, both of those kind of feel similarly to me. And so those are great reminders that like, yeah, no, you have to move your body now. So you need to get up and kind of walk around or go put in a load of laundry if you're at home or whatever. There's something that needs to, to kind of shift there. And the fascinating thing for me is that um, when I'm in those places of like, I can I can feel it happening and I'm, I'm seeing the red flags, acknowledging them is the hard part because the story that my brain is telling me is you don't have time for that right now. You can't go, you can't go for a run. You don't have time. You, you got to do this thing or, but this problem is so important that you cannot spend any other energy doing anything but trying to solve this problem, right? <laughs> and so I see the red flags, whether I acknowledge them or not is a different thing. Um, but those are a couple of, of my major ones that that I've started to notice more frequently. And um, then I have to pay attention to the the, the tiny voice in my head, the, the, the tiny sort of um, self-worth voice that's like, no, no, okay, <laughs> time to get up, <laughs> time to go take care of this, um, you know, time to step away from this for a little while. You will be grateful that you did. Um, and sometimes I'm not able to get there on my own. Sometimes I need somebody outside of me, uh, you know, if I'm kind of venting about something or whatever to be like, have you gone for a run lately? <laughs> you know, or to remind me like, Hey, so I know you always feel better when you do this thing. Have you done that lately? Um, and so it's, it's helpful to have other people who know me pretty well to, um, be able to kind of chime in about that and do so in a way that is helpful and not like judgmental. <laughs> That's in a like, hey, thing that you might consider <laughs> is this suggestion, which usually if I'm in that really bad place kicks me into like, don't tell me what to do. And then I'm like, okay, <laughs> another red flag. <laughs> Biting your friend's head off. <laughs> also a red flag. <laughs> so um, yeah, there are, there are several of those sort of physical and mental things that I go through on a fairly regular basis. I mean, these aren't things that, that it, it takes a lot to build up to. I mean, a couple of solid days working on a project. And by the end of that, I'm like, okay, I need at least a half day here to recover and do some other things um, if I have to do that sprint. But I'm, I much prefer trying to infuse things in every day if I can. Um, but there are periods where that's just not possible. So um, yeah, those are some of mine. What I'm curious, Katie, what are your uh, sort of red flags that you notice? So um, I tend to get more impatient with people and that's where it comes out like I know I'm stressed if I'm like I don't always act on the impatience but if I start to really feel it then I'm like okay mm -hmm. like this is a sign and especially like at work where I'm you know I have a very I think I'm pretty even keeled at work so if I'm starting to kind of feel that then um I want to take a step back and kind of see what's going on there um, but I'm also someone who gets affected a lot by like lack of sleep. So mm. this is a big thing that comes up when I'm traveling. This is why I struggle with time zone stuff. Like it, it's very difficult for me. So the thing that often comes up around that issue is I start to get more emotional and, um, mm. like anger comes up to the surface a lot faster. Um, I'll get more, like I'll, I'll cry, you know, about something that just doesn't seem like a big deal and I'm not a frequent crier. So when that comes up, it's like, okay, <laughs> like if I'm crying about something, it usually means there's, there's a much, you know, deeper issue going on that I need to be paying attention to. Um, and I would also say, you know, all of this comes up, unfortunately for him with my partner first. <laughs> so <laughs> the impatience, the anger, you know, like, and, and yep. usually in the moment I will say like, I did not mean to say that. I am very stressed out right now. Like, please take that, you know, 
it was not intended that way or whatever. Like I can mm-hmm. immediately like flip a switch and be like, okay, that is not what I meant to say. <laughs> like right. in the moment, <laughs> yeah. like I, I recognize it for what it is and it's just a sign to me. Um, but I, I also have the physical stuff. Like if I sit for too long, I particularly have, you know, soreness in my tailbone. Like this is cause mm-hmm. I just don't have great posture. And so I noticed that, which is actually really helpful because it is painful. So it's like, okay, right. Like you need to not yep. sit in a chair for eight hours at a time. Um, I definitely get the shoulder stuff, especially when I'm traveling because I'm carrying a backpack around a lot and I'm, um, I have my, you know, rolly suitcase and whatever. And so I get a lot of, um, kind of strain in my back and my shoulders. I've also noticed, um, certain times of the year, it really shows up in my sinuses too. So mm. that's something that I kind of pay attention to. And what I didn't realize, and I learned from a coworker, which was like really interesting and helpful. And I can't remember if we talked about this or if it's been on the show before, but you have sinuses like in the base of your skull. And so if you ever get pain kind of in the base of your skull, that can actually be a sinus issue, which I never Mm. knew that. I always figured it was kind of a neck muscle issue. Um, Mm. And it's actually (laughs) can be your sinuses. So if you have allergies or whatever, it could show up in the back of your skull, which I was like, that is weird. (laughs) Not something that that I knew about my body, (laughs) but um, interesting and useful. Yeah. So sometimes when I have a headache, I don't do neck massage. I actually just take a sinus medication and it, it makes it go away. So um, stuff like that, you know, I try to pay attention to. But I also think that when I feel very overwhelmed, like paralyzed overwhelmed, that is a serious red flag Mm -hmm. to me because I'm not someone who typically gets paralyzed. So I, I can always work through pretty much anything with like, well, if I don't feel like doing this, I'll go do the dishes. Or if I don't feel like doing the dishes, Mm -hmm. I'll, you know, like I'll, I'll always do something else. Like, it's just, I like to be that way. I like to be active with things. So if I'm like paralyzed and I don't feel like I can move forward with something, it's actually a big red flag that I'm feeling like very cognitively overloaded. Mm -hmm. And that's when I'll typically like make a list or I'll talk through it with my partner or, you know, try to kind of just like unclog whatever it is that's like causing this problem. (laughs) Um, So that's a sign. I'm sure there's a a bunch more, but those are the ones Mm -hmm. that kind of immediately come to mind for me. it's, it's actually, you know, the interesting thing about, as I'm kind of hearing myself describe those things, a lot of those signs are, you're not acting like you would normally act. Right. You know, right. like that exactly. you have a typical way of being and you are not acting in the way that you normally would in this situation. And because I know myself really well, and I have right. like done a lot of reflection on this stuff, I, in the moment, I'm like, okay, like I see it. I see that mm-hmm. I'm not doing what I normally would. And in some ways, what's interesting about it is like that lack of normality becomes the norm that allows you to identify the trigger, like because Mm -hmm. you always act abnormally in the same way. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, oh, when I become really emotional, that means this. Or when I have this other thing going on, that means this other thing. Like it allows me to see the patterns of it because I always kind of go off the rails in pretty much the same way um, Mm -hmm. that allows me to know that something's not quite right. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. There, yeah, there are things that uh, it's sort of that you become not in alignment with your values. Right. In some ways, it's not right? the person like, you want to be. It's not the person you want to be. Right. And I, I hate not being the person I want to be. <laughs> but I also recognize that there are times that you kind of have to be the person you don't want to be. Like I, I also want to make sure that we're clear that like no judgment if you are right, feeling this way. Right, you're not going to be perfect right? all like, the time. Like, it's just not, not possible. Be, yeah. It's not it's possible. It's not possible. 
And don't beat yourself up for for getting into those situations because it happens to everybody. We've all been there (laughs) and it sucks. Um, But kind of letting it happen and letting it letting it roll and then, you know, processing and doing what you need to do and then get up and keep moving. I mean, like it's it's part of being a human to have this variety of feelings and reactions and experiences. But um, that doesn't make it easy. That doesn't make it not really hard sometimes. Um, so one of the things, Katie, I wanted to talk a little bit about and ask, ask um, for your insights too, is um, how, how good are you at setting reasonable expectations for yourself in particular situations? So what I mean by that is um, I, for example, have this tendency to expect myself to be able to produce at a really high level all the time, um, kind of regardless of context or situation. So I'm thinking about using your travel example. Um, you know, if I were setting myself up for travel like that, like I would be aware that I would need some recovery, but I don't think I would necessarily budget in the right amount of time, right? I expect myself to be able to bounce back more quickly than I sometimes can. So do you ever have issues with that, like setting yourself up for failure (laughs) with respect um, to the expectations for your ability to produce or get something done or, you know, be a certain way in a particular situation? And how have you dealt with that in the past? This is a really good question. So I feel like this is something I'd like to think I'm getting better at it over time. Um, and part of the challenge for me is if I had all the choice in the world, like I would take vacation days after I got back from travel. Mm -hmm. And of course I do have control over this. Like, I don't mean to say that I don't, but because of the way that I've scheduled my consulting work, I often don't have a lot of vacation time because I've already booked it for things that are happening in the future. So for example, I could have taken an entire week off. <laughs> you know, like I, it really was probably what I needed, but I took a day. Like that's what I had in my bank, and and I'm also still actively in this travel period of like uh, just to kind of give a sense because I know I've talked to you about this, Sarah, but we didn't talk about it on the air. I'm using the weekends I have in between these trips to try to get two to three weeks worth of work done so that I Mm -hmm. don't have to worry about it for the next several weeks. And that includes recording like six to 10 podcast episodes and like prepping them and editing them and getting all that done, doing multiple blog posts, doing a lot of social like prep for Instagram posts, Twitter posts, like trying to get all of that pre-done so that I can just automate it. And then when I'm on Mm -hmm. these trips, all I'm doing is just focusing on the trips and trying to stay, you know, in a good, healthy place. And I do think it's working like that is something that I know enough about myself to know if I was trying to do all that in the midst of traveling, it would not work like I would just be Mm -hmm. totally overloaded. Um, And at this point, I don't see a different way of doing it because of the way Mm -hmm. my weekend work is right now. And because of the travel schedule I have this spring. And this is a pretty common occurrence. It happens every spring. It happens every fall where I have like a heavy travel period because my consulting work overlaps with a bunch of conference travel for OSU. And like, it just is what it is. And I I know Mm -hmm. it's coming and I kind of bear down and deal with it. And then it's done. So that said, I think that... um, I have been able to operate on a very high level with productivity for a long time. And so Mm -hmm. I trust that about myself. At the same time, I really listen to myself. Like if I'm, (laughs) if I'm like mentally done, I don't push it. Like I, I really try to just like 
I literally check in with myself and I'll be like, are we done for the day? And sometimes my brain is like, we are done. And in which case I'm like, (laughs) okay, we're done. Like, I'm not going to push it any further. Sometimes my brain is like, I think we can do one more thing. And I'm like, okay, let's get one more thing checked off the list. And I think that because of my active practice of doing this, I have developed a very strong relationship of trust with myself Mm -hmm. of if I need to take a break, I need to take a break and I don't question it. I just do it. Like I listen, I listen to that voice and I take the time. Um, But that said, like there are also things that I feel like and I'm going to say they're not in my control, but they are because I'm, I'm actively making choices to do this. And, and I had told you, Sarah, before we hit record, recently I had a trip where I had to go back to, I had to go to Atlanta and back in a less than 48 hour period. And that was very hard. Like it was brutal. Like it was physically brutal to be on a plane for like 10 hours within a two day period. I had to do a four hour talk while I was there. Like it was just a very intensive 48 hour period and I got back and I immediately went to work the next day. Um, again, if I had more flexibility in my schedule, <laughs> that is not what I would have done. Um, I came back from that trip incredible. Like I kind of bonked at the end of the trip and like in the car on the way home, I was like, so done. Like I hadn't slept well. I hadn't eaten well. My partner was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I'm just so <laughs> glad to be home. I mean, I was like, I was really hitting my wall and for anyone who's ever done like physical stuff to the to the point where you are bonking, like, you know, your brain just kind of shuts off. I mean, it's like done. Yeah. Like we're done. We are shutting down like we we don't want to do anything. So like, obviously, that is a situation in which I did not handle that very well in terms of like what I could do, what my capacity was. But it was one of those things where it was like it was a choice I made. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I just had to like do it. And and now I know. And But it's, I think that you brought up a really important point earlier about cost. And sometimes you make the decision to bear the cost. Like, and that's okay. Like you, you decide in the moment or before the moment, like, I know this is going to be hard and I'm going to do it anyway. And Mm -hmm. I trust that I will be able to do it. Now, I also feel like in that moment, I had the support of my partner. I definitely would not have driven home if I, if I had been by myself, like I would have probably gotten a hotel room and stayed overnight and like, you know, not done anything that I felt was not safe. But I think that, you know, like you have to weigh all of those factors of like what you have around you, the support structures, your ability to take time off, you know, later on, what you know about yourself kind of cognitively, mentally, emotionally, physically, And even in this conversation, you and I have expressed differences where you like try to build this in, in small pieces throughout, whereas I usually try to do like a marathon and then I build it in at the end. You know, like Mm -hmm. I don't always trust that I'm going to be able to fit in little pieces and that it's going to be enough. Like I Mm -hmm. I just kind of set myself up for just get yourself to the end of the tunnel and then you're going to have, you know, (laughs) like it's like here, then you get your reward, you know, and and I have Mm -hmm. to be on that whole time. Because if I come down from it, it's going to be really hard to go back up (laughs) to what I need to be, you know, in terms of doing all the travel. So I think that even that kind of, we all have such different capacities. And Mm -hmm. I think it's okay that we have different capacities. What you're going to do is going to be different from what I do, but it's going to work for you in a way that would be different in terms of what's going to work for me. And that's something that I want our listeners to take away is that if you're listening to this and you're thinking like, I could do way more than what they're talking about, or I could never do what they're talking about. You know, like it's Mm -hmm. okay. Like we all have our capacities. The most important part is that you are acknowledging and recognizing 
you know, what your capacity is. And it will change over time. Like as you get older, mm-hmm. it's going to change. Your body is not going to allow you to do the stuff you used to be able to do. Like that is definitely part of this is like recognizing mm-hmm. that like I used to be able to sit at my desk for like eight hours a day. I can't really do that right. anymore. Like it's, yeah. I feel old. Like I feel yep. like I'm getting <laughs> old. But it's a good reminder, like that physical mm-hmm. reminder of like, no, like take care of yourself. Like you right. have to literally get up and move. Um, yes. <laughs> but I don't, what are your thoughts on this, Sarah? Because it's a hard one. I mean, I think that I I have spent a lot of time trying to figure this out so that I trust that inner voice enough that I can act on it when I need to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great point, Katie, that it does really come down to self-trust and and knowing yourself pretty well and you've got to go through some stuff before you can get to know yourself yeah, right that's in these different part. kinds of contexts <laughs> like right like it's, fire. that's the hard part and so you know i think about like times in college and things where you know you push yourself through a maybe not an all-nighter but like a, an intense work period and then totally crash on the other side of it and you learn something from that right it's you learn how your body reacts to being under certain amounts of pressure and you're right it changes as you as you grow and as you get older and as your body changes like it just it's always kind of in a constant state of flux and so really keeping your finger on the pulse of what does my body need right now and what does my brain need right now and what does my my being need right now um, is an important part of this and trusting that voice trusting that that voice is is going to be honest it's not trying to trick you um you know, I think there are times when it is trying to trick you. And that's the hard part, too, is is knowing which voice am I listening to? Um, so one thing I think of with respect to some of the wellness ideas, as well as some self-care, is that it takes a lot of practice and that uh, kind of once you get a foundation of that, it actually strengthens that inner voice, right? You become more able to recognize and see the different ebbs and flows um, within within your needs and within what your body is telling you. And so um, you're not going to get it right all the time and you're not going to necessarily set yourself up for success every time either. Sometimes sometimes you're going to fall down on that and that's okay. Um, you know, I think with respect to the, the output cost idea um, that we've talked about a lot, Katie, one of the things that I often struggle with is... Um, is is the not feeling bad for the cost when it comes right so you make a choice to to put out a certain amount of output and then the cost happens and you feel like that cost shouldn't happen like no 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 <laughs> actually this cost is totally reasonable for the thing that you just did and that it's okay to um to experience that cost and to to do some of this active recovery th- stuff that you're talking about Katie like recognizing that that's okay and that's part of the deal and and that that active recovery actually makes it possible for you to do the good work that you did three days ago. And if it requires three days to recover from that, fine. Right. <laughs> that's, that's what's necessary. And, um, you know, I know that, that my inner voice can get a little bit clouded um, by the not so nice inner voice that's like, well, you should be able to just jump right back in and do all of this other work. No, like, where does where, where is that voice coming from? First of all, what it, why is it telling you these messages? Um, because we're not, we're, we're all human, we all have limitations. And we don't often allow ourselves or each other to have limitations. And so I think that's where we get into this, like, should mindset that like, I should be better than this, or I should be doing that. No, no, no. Don't don't should on yourself. Yeah, (laughs) not okay. (laughs) No shooting. I think this is also where for some people it works to develop for lack of a better word, like rules about this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, 
right now I have basically a rule that I don't do speaking engagements more than eight times a year yeah. but for outside of OSU work. And I'm actually considering dropping that number um, mm-hmm. because it's just, it's a lot. And it's even taxing. eight, yeah, it's taxing. And it's, it's just, it's very difficult in these periods of the year when it's heavy for speaking engagements. I often end up flying from one city to another. Like it's just, it's like back to back. And so even just having that and holding yourself to it is the most important part that you're not constantly like, well, this is different, so I can break the rule. Like mm-hmm. having the rule of, you know, when I do X thing, I get this active recovery. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like trying to set up those routines and strategies so that you're really paying attention to what you need. And it's just, it becomes kind of a thing that you do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that when I'm traveling for work now, it's very rare that I work on planes. Like I mm-hmm. just don't, I don't want to do it. Like I'm tired. And I, so I try to recover on planes by dozing a little bit or reading a book or listening to music or whatever. And that's just part of what it is now. I plan for that. I'm not planning to try to write on a plane. I'm not planning Mm -hmm. to try to do work. And even a year ago, I was working on planes, you know, like, so Mm -hmm. it's just something you have to be open, I think, to making changes for. But setting up some of those rules for yourself can also be useful of like, I don't do anything in this you know time period like i don't travel internationally people mm-hmm. ask me to do that and i'm like if it screws me up to travel to the east coast yeah i'm gonna be so screwed up if i have to go outside yeah. of this country like and so my answer is just no like right now yeah. in my life i do not do that i don't have the bandwidth yeah. i don't have the recovery time in my vacation time like i can't do that so mm-hmm. no like it's just not something right. that's part of my work life right now and maybe it will change in the future and that's okay. Like mm-hmm. this stuff can shift and change. And I think that that's, mm-hmm. you know, one of the more important things we talked about in this episode is that do what works for you. And if it doesn't work, shift it, change it. Shift it. Yep. Do it on your own terms. That is the point <sighs> after, after all of our entire that podcast. That is our mantra. <laughs> do it on your own terms. Do what works for you. All right. Oh, We've talked about lots of stuff. I Good hope reminders, was Sarah. Thank helpful. you for yeah. Thank you for talking this out. And and listeners, we would love to hear from you about what this concept of active recovery means to you and how you're engaging it. Obviously, this is for our businesses. This is also for just outside of our businesses, being <laughs> humans and trying to you know juggle all the things that humans have to juggle. And we would love to hear your feedback on this. You can always contact um, the podcast at contact at katielinder.work. And we would love to hear from you there and look forward to season five because it's coming soon. Mm-hmm. That's what the between us own beans is that in the next Yay. couple of weeks, you'll see the first episode of season five, which is all focused on marketing. So lots of fun <laughs> conversations. And well, uh, you're banging my head against a wall. Right, it's fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. We'll do it. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Make Your Way. Show notes and a transcript for this episode can be found at katielinder.work slash podcasts. Make Your Way is part of the Radical Self-Trust podcast channel, a collection of content dedicated to helping you seek self-knowledge, nurture your superpowers, playfully experiment, live your core values with intention, practice loving kindness toward yourself and others, and settle into your life's purpose. Learn more about the RST channel at katielinder.work slash podcasts. If you found this episode helpful, please also consider rating and or reviewing the show in iTunes. Thanks for listening.